Hello, hello. I really am excited, y'all. I'll introduce my guest here in a second. She was very patient with me as we just had some technical difficulties. But hello, 6AM Run family, 6AM Run community, everyone within the 6AM Run you know, world. I wanted to obviously say happy today as I'm recording this. It is International Women's Day. Uh, obviously a husband, father of two girls. I feel like every day in my house, these women, it's Women's Day there at my home. So this is not, although, but let's uh, let's nationally recognize everyone for sure. I'd like to say I also organized to have a really great woman on our episode today, looking at, at everything she's done and why I asked her to be on the show. But let me get right to it. Hope Pedraza, Welcome to the 6AM Run podcast, and I'll let you please tell everyone why I was drawn to your profile and what we're about to kind of embark in this you know, conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me today, and what a great day to be on the show. That's awesome. So I am a certified holistic nutritionist, and I'm also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, or FDNP. And I am the founder of Inbalance, which is a Pilates-based fitness franchise. So I am all about wellness and, you know, putting the fitness and the nutrition equation together and, you know, working with mostly with women on, you know, functional nutrition and just finding ways to be the healthiest versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And how did you get into that? Like what made you decide that's the field you want to go into? Yeah. Yeah. So my background is dance. I danced for 20 something years of my life. And that really is what drew me to Pilates. I got into Pilates. Really, I got into it in high school. I used to go to like aerobics classes with my mom, like, you know, doing step aerobics and, you know, Pilates, or whatever. But I, in college, I started teaching group fitness classes just as like, you know, a side gig just to make some money in college. And I did a Pilates training per one of my friend's recommendations. He's like, oh, you love Pilates. You should do the training. So I started teaching Pilates and I just, I mean, I just fell in love with it. The fluidity, the control, the, like all of it. I just loved Pilates. And so mm-hmm. that's what got me into Pilates. And then around 2012, I was just presented with the opportunity to open a studio, which I, I honestly didn't know if that's what I wanted to do, but I was presented with the opportunity. And so you know, I took it and here I am 10 years later, I'm still have my studio and I've, I've franchised and the nutrition piece just kind mm-hmm. of fell into place. Like while I was doing like starting my Pilates studio. Um, I've always really been interested in just the human body in general. I think that's what drew me to dance and Pilates and fitness and all those things. I actually had my own like health journey growing up. I grew up with a lot of really bad digestive issues and was Mm -hmm. able to heal my body um, by going plant-based. And so the whole nutrition piece, was always intriguing to me. It was always interesting and always an important part of my life. And so when I had my studio, you know, a few years in, I was like listening to ladies talk to each other, you know, coming in out of the studio and I hear them talk about, they're doing this diet and they're doing that diet. And I'm like, like, no, like y'all are doing this all wrong. And so I decided like, okay, I need to provide like a level of support for these women coming into my studio. And so I initially just started out just doing basic nutrition coaching. And then I just, I really do like to learn. And so I just decided to kind of dive deeper, getting my diploma in holistic nutrition and doing the FDMP program and and starting my online business to be able to, you know, reach more women and and be able to help more people in that way. I want to just back up a little bit. We talked a little bit early in our, in our pre-call. And again, I I was, thank you so much for your patience as as we uh, were trying to get my mic fixed up, but tell me please I know my wife likes it. I've heard people talk about it. Can you define what's what is Pilates? Yes. I have, I have, I've ne- I know I've never done it. I know yoga. Yes, I, I have no idea what Pilates That's are. In my, real quick, 
in my mind, I'll just say in my mind, I think it's like a form of yoga, uh-huh. but tell me, what is it? Yeah. And that's what most people's picture. And a lot of people think it's the same thing. And it's, I mean, people come into our studio all the time and they think it's the same thing, but it's not. So Pilates is really all about the core and it's all about putting, it's, it's a mind body, you know, movement, just like yoga. So it is similar in that sense, but where we're focusing more on the core and more dynamic movements than you are in yoga. And so in case anybody listening doesn't know what their core is, your core is not just your abs. Your core is from your shoulders down through your hips. That whole center part of your body is the core. And so in Pilates, our focus is on the core and it's moving it in, you know, multiple directions and multiple different ways. So you really work a lot of the same muscle groups, but you work them in different ways. So you're focusing on those little like small stabilizer muscles. So it's a totally different workout than a lot of people are used to, especially men coming through our doors. They're used to, you know, working out at the gym and, and doing, working like big muscle groups. And it's a totally different exercise because it's the small stabilizer muscles, which is really why it's so great because it's helping, you know, especially as a format for your runners who are listening as a form of, you know, cross training, because you are working all those little muscles that you need for the bigger, mm-hmm. more functional movements, you know? Absolutely. Any, is there any breath work or lung work in Absolutely, there? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. It's all about okay. breath. So it is different in that sense. So in yoga, it's more of like the belly breathing and in Pilates, it's more diaphragmatic breathing. So you're working on contracting your abs or your transverse abdominis or deep ab muscles while you're breathing. So you're able to like keep that contraction throughout the movement. So it's a little bit different awesome. in that sense, but yeah, definitely lots of breathing. Wow. And how, how many years? I don't mean to ask age or anything. I've, I've talk, talking about International Women's Day, I know some of the, I've always gotten by by following the main rules, golden rules with, with dealing with women. But how many years, because you're just, you seem so well versed in this. I mean, I would assume you've spent years in this world. Am I right? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So I started to, I mean, it's been at least 16 years now that I've been teaching Pilates. So yeah, I've been in it a while. I've done lots of different, you know, trainees and certifications and I've been, yeah, been in the game for a while. (laughs) What do you see? What kind of clients do you see? I just feel like I'm probably asking, I hope not horribly stupid questions, but if someone is, let's say a little out of shape, a little overweight, do they start with, see, I, I wouldn't, and I know this sounds crazy, but this is where I want you to guide me. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I was trying to get back to my summer weight. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and even say I'm, I'm, I'm in shape. But if I was even a little more overweight, I definitely don't think I would look up and turn to Pilates. Is that right or is that wrong? I mean, not necessarily. You know, it depends on, I mean, now, look, you're not, it's not like, you know, if you're look someone who's looking to lose a lot of weight, like it's not like, a cardio workout. Like you're not right. going to like drop a ton of, I'm not saying you can't cause you totally can, but really mm-hmm. if your goal is to lose weight, I would say probably a combination of things. Now, can you start Pilates if you are overweight? Absolutely. Like there's, and there's, and that, and by the way, that's, that's maybe what I should yes. have asked Yeah, because absolutely. I should say too, because I do feel like a lot of stuff and I forgive me, this is not, and we are not a company that talks about weight loss. Yeah. But what I was saying was I also have this, and, and again, I'll say my age, I have this vision in my mind that, and that's the way I should have, by the way, asked it. I have this vision in my mind that yoga is like toothpick skin, pe- yes. skinny people. Yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? I and totally that, get that's, it. That's why, by the way, that's how I should yeah. have asked my question. Yeah. Not about, oh, coming there to lose weight. Yes. But like, I just, I don't envision like, 
you know, anyone with like a dad bod coming in there. <laughs> you know, you, what? know what I mean? you would be surprised. And I will say, and I, I feel like you brought up such a good point because I do feel like there's a stigma around it. And I think there's also a stigma that it's like for rich white women, like, and it's not, mm-hmm. I think that especially at our studio, I love that our studio is so diverse and I'm in San Antonio, Texas for anybody who knows anything about South Texas. It's a very diverse part of the country. Mm -hmm. And I love that about our studio. And I think that's kind of what drives people through the doors is because we are super inclusive and you, I mean, we have women as young as, you know, in college, all the way up to 78, 79 years old, all different shapes and sizes. So you can absolutely do. And and that's, what's great too. So the method, so there's different, I'm going going down a rabbit hole here, but there's there's different like forms of Pilates. There's like more classical and then there's more contemporary. More classical is going to be like you're doing the same movement, same movements every time. There's no like modifications or variations or anything like that. It's like you're doing the same thing every time in mm-hmm. this in a certain order. Contemporary is a lot more very. It's a lot more functional movement. It's a lot mm-hmm. more variations. It's more um, inclusive, so all levels can do it, and that's how we teach it. So our classes aren't leveled out like some Pilates places you might go where it's like level one, level two, you know, whatever. Ours is all inclusive. And so you'll be in class with people who like just started yesterday, who've never done Pilates before in their life for people who've been doing it for 10, 15 years. So, and that's really, I think the really amazing thing about contemporary Pilates is because it is inclusive and it, it meets you where you are. And even if you are like an expert, but you're like feeling really low energy, like, well, I know how to modify things and and go down here and do these, you know what I mean? So the long answer to your question is you can absolutely do it any shape, size. It's definitely inclusive. Well, and, that, and that's what I meant, like mm-hmm. I said. So, and 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 I, I'm glad you brought that around. And when you started answering, I was like, oh, hey, I just said the whole <laughs> wrong thing. What about two? And Pilates is correct me if I'm wrong. I've seen a lot of gyms um, are, I think, starting to figure out ways to incorporate it. Mm-hmm. Pilates is the one with the pulley kind of machine, the bed, there, right? There are so. That's a good point to mention too. People aren't familiar with Pilates. So there is mat Pilates, which is just on mm-hmm. the mat. So you would do it just mm-hmm. like you would do a yoga class, just on your yoga mat. And then there is Pilates on the machine. So there's all sorts of apparatus that are Pilates equipment. And there's, you know, the reformer and the wonder chair and the Cadillac, and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of equipment. So when we do both at our studio, so when you're on the equipment, it's a smaller group setting because it's a lot more complex with, you know, the springs and the straps and, you know, all the moving parts. I was going to say that that's got to be expert level, yeah. right? Cause I-, I mean, yes and no. I mean, a lot of people like to do it and they like, you know, we have a lot of people who just want to come do private sessions, but really like you definitely, it does require a little bit of, I don't want to say expertise because that sounds like, but we, you know, it takes some getting used to, you definitely want to like familiarize yourself with the equipment before you just jump into a group class. Well, no, but I think too, like when I, I'm just saying, when I watch that, you talk about core, you mm-hmm. talk about possibly like balance, you know, it's funny. I've shifted away from all of that. And again, I, I talk about my age, I'm 42. And what was funny, I said this on another podcast. And so I hope I, I don't sound repetitive to our listeners, but um, literally like a few weeks ago, it was a little bit of a, of, of, of a rainy day. I'm running outside. There was a puddle and I just, I, listen, Hope I should have been able to easily knock this, like <laughs> jump over this puddle, like with ease. But I yeah. did, and I, I came down on one foot, oh. then the other, and I was just like, "Ooh, that took a little more effort." Yeah, than I thought it would, and <laughs> and it was like it was a little bit of everything, right? It was obviously I hadn't jumped with exertion yes. in a while. Yes, obviously balance, like you know, like kind of landing on one leg, but trying to balance myself. So to your point there was a lot of factors mm-hmm. that made that one puddle jump just a little more difficult than it should have been. Yep. But again, it comes down to balancing, Absolutely. jumping, yeah. obviously for 
maybe 10 years, not jumping or working on balance or, you know, those things. I'm sure like, so when I say like some you looking at some of those apparatuses that Pilates uses when you see, and again, I will say, and, and I don't mean to feed into the stereotype, but when I see like women doing like kind of those like split type mm-hmm. things on some of those machines at the gym I go to, I'm very jealous of their balance mm-hmm. of their flexibility, mm-hmm. I should say, yeah. which I know for 1000% of the fact, yeah, you might not get there day one, but that would 1000% help you in your daily running oh, and mo- mobility, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I first started teaching Pilates, I actually, is when I was in college, but I, I connected with the strength and conditioning coach. I went to Louisiana Tech University, if anybody in here listening is from Louisiana. But I connected with the strength and conditioning coach and I worked for a few summers with the football team, the boys and girls basketball team, the volleyball team, just with their athletes. And I mean, even just like, you know, talking with the strength conditioning coach after the first season, he like firsthand would tell me like, I can legit see changes in their agility and like their running speeds and like all these, these little things that Pilates benefits. And I'm like, this is like firsthand. Like I'm like, he was like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. witnessing it. Like, so it absolutely with balance and flexibility. Cause that was his thing too. It was for him. It was more about the mobility and the flexibility. But then when they're doing their like, you know, agility work and stuff, he's like, I can totally see a difference. And so yeah. it definitely is great for all of those things because, because again, you're working those little small stabilizer muscles and you're working, like it's implementing the flexibility and the strength work, like all together. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really powerful. Is there a recovery aspect to Pilates as well? Is there any kind of like, is there, when you talk about stuff like that, as again, as, as I get older, a couple other things, like I apologize if I'm, I'm not, I really don't want to make this about me or anything, but I'm just kind of throwing the questions coming to my mind that I'm hoping and I'm assuming our runners and our audience might have. So, you know, you get older, you might have a back pain, you might have a backache, you might have, you know, you, you get up from a couch mm-hmm. and you groan, right? Like mm-hmm. that definitely happens when you hit 35, <laughs> you know, is there any kind of like recovery aspects to Pilates that help the body and the aging process at all? Yeah. You mean in terms of Pilates, like benefiting you as you age, is that what Mm -hmm. you're talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's why I love that we have such a range of of members at at my studio and you see it at a lot of Pilates places too, because it have, I mean, you can, our oldest member is, I think she turned 79 this year. And we always tell her that like, we want to be like you, we grow up and she's been doing Pilates for, I don't know, 20 plus years. I mean, she's been doing a long time, but you can absolutely tell because again, it's the balance piece, right? And Mm -hmm. as you get older, you have to learn how to protect yourself, you know, from falls or, you know, whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the other thing too, is you have less mobility in your joints as you age, you, you have less fluid in your joints as you age. So everything just gets stiffer and tighter just naturally. And Mm -hmm. so with the flexibility and the mobility and all those things, Pilates work, I mean, it does keep everything like moving and flowing how it should to protect you as you age for sure. I want to, um, we have a few more minutes of time. So there's a couple of things I want to get into with you, Hope. We're going to get into entrepreneurship a little bit with you, but at what point did you decide? I feel like a lot of Pilates instructors, I feel like a lot of personal trainers, they work for gyms. It seems like you made a leap and said, I'm owning my future a little bit. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. You went out there and you said, hey, look, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take charge of this, open up my own studio. Obviously, like I said, we talk about it. This is a big risk, I guess. And and I love, again, congratulations for being successful in it. Why was it that you had to go out and do this on your own, you know, and, and 
if you don't want to answer it, you know, please, if I'm prying too much, just tell me, but you know, where you were like, all right, because I feel like most personal trainers, in my opinion, and uh, this is a very long winded question, but you hear where I'm getting, I feel like they're working for a gym, their clients are then you know, basically bankrolled there. It's not like you can leave a gym, take your clients with you. I got to assume there's some kind of non-compete or something there, right? I've always wondered the business side of personal training. And I know that has nothing maybe to do with Pilates, but I know a lot of Pilates instructors obviously work for gyms that do Pilates. How hard was it? Was it a leap of faith? Obviously it worked out for you. What is your advice to people, personal trainers, Pilates instructors, what were your keys to success? And I know this is a long-winded question, but I think you're you're kind of getting it. Yeah. Can you take us down that journey and, yeah. and that decision? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I don't think, I think maybe in my subconscious I knew. I don't know if I consciously knew that I wanted to open my own studio. I was teaching at, you know, a couple gyms in the area and I was teaching at a yoga studio. It was just a yoga studio. And she had me teaching Pilates a couple days a week. And she was going to close. I think she was doing it as a hobby. And I don't think she realized like it actually takes a lot of work to, to run to keep a business right. running. And so she was going to close it because she was like, you know, in the red. And I, I have no idea. It was something in my intuition. I don't know. I just said like, Hey, I'll give it a shot. And so, you know, we met, she sold it to me. The space was there and I decided to like make it my own. And so I rebranded, I changed the name. I made it into more of like a Pilates studio, a fitness studio. And that was kind of how it started. And I don't think I realized until I was in it that like I was born to do this. Like that's what I, I felt like. And it wasn't even that far into it. Like I just started doing it. And, and I, I was a high school teacher and a dance coach at the time. And I taught that first year while I was kind of getting it up and running. And it was so hard. It was so hard having a full-time job and running a business yeah. at the same time. And so, you know, it was kind of halfway through the school year and I'm like, like something's got to give, like I need to figure it out because I, I can't do all the things I want to do with this business while having this full-time job. Like it, it's too much. My energy is being split. Just it's not going to work. And so, yeah, at that point I just took a leap of faith and I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And so I decided I would quit my job and, you know, leave my really good health insurance and all those things and just, you know, take the leap. And I would not be able to picture it any other way. And, and, you know, anybody who's an entrepreneur that's listening knows like, like the minute you decide to work for yourself, like there's no going back. Like there's no way I could ever go work for anybody again. Like you just, you can't, you get that creative itch and you, you have to get it out. Like, it's just, now it's who you are, you know? Well, and I think too, I mean, I was going to, it was funny. I was going to say this and you actually just went there for me. I was like, wow. When I look at the two choices that were laid out in front of you, teaching, and they always say, and everyone I know, I, I have a friend who's a teacher and I wanted him to actually help me and come in at 6am run with me. And I never forget. He was like, look, that sounds like you'll be fulfilling a lot of people's dreams and you'll be doing really well. He's like, but I fulfill kids's, you know, even though they don't like me or maybe not <laughs> right, see it. Right. He was like, you know, I'm very fulfilled in my job right now, Hami. He was like, I don't really want to leave or see myself ever leaving teaching. He didn't really care about the money. And, and I realized this later on in life because I was at a six figure job at the bank. But it, it comes to a point you don't care about money, right? right? Like, right. what am I doing? Like, mm -hmm. what do I what do I tell my kids I do? Right. And I love when Rob said that, my friend, he knows that I, we, we talk about this all the time. He's like, I don't want to leave teaching. It fulfills me. I'm your boy. I'll help you when I can. But I'm seeing a teacher. Yep. 
So it feels like you had two choices of, I give teachers a lot of credit, obviously the past two years, I know Mm -hmm. they've suffered more than anything. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, this is an opportunity of fulfillment as well, because you'll be impacting lives. So you had, I feel like it's a, it was a very tough choice because either way, I feel like you would still impact and you couldn't go wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's true. And I think that final year when I was doing both, I think in my head, I knew like I wasn't feeling fulfilled doing the teaching. Like I knew that was that was, you know, my intuition being like, this is the path is waiting for you. You know, this is the path that I was supposed to be on. So, but yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's that leaving behind the safety and security, like, and to being, to being a teacher is like the most secure job ever. Like, you know, every school always needs teachers, right. you know, it's, it's really is a really secure job. You know, you have good benefits and all this, you know, it's, it's there. It is, but also too, you talk about corporate America, you talk about, you know, nine to five, eight to five. Oh yeah. Teaching. I mean, I know like you're done like three, four. Yeah. <laughs> you're 7 a.m., totally. maybe be there 630. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have children, if you have a family, I can't assume you talk about flexibility. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, what I will say, and I, I, I interrupted you. I, I apologize. Let me, let me just get this last thought out there. Entrepreneurs is harder work, but what it allows you to do is be more flexible. Mm-hmm. Like what people don't see is people might see you. I use myself example. People might see me at my daughter's game at four in the afternoon, right? And they'll say, oh man, Hami never works. Yep. He can take his daughter to a four o'clock game. They don't see that my wife is sleeping next to me. She's passed out well, and I'm on my working. laptop. Yep. I was still working mm-hmm. at midnight. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So you might see me out and about during the day, but you don't know that I don't go to bed sometimes till two in the morning. I interrupted you. I hijacked no, that. No, no, it's, it's a great point. It really is true. And I agree with that too. And I feel like that's a good point to bring up because, and for me, it's all about, I mean, yes, it's multiple things. It's, you know, helping other people and reaching other people. But it's also like fulfilling my purpose too. And I feel like that's an important thing for people to take into consideration because I know it is a bit, especially when you have, like you're talking about you having, you know, a six figure job that you're leaving to go do this entrepreneur thing. It's, you know, you're leaving the safety and security of what you know and what you know is like secure, but you know, are your passions, like what's more important? Is it you living out your purpose and like feeling that you have this purpose that you're, you're fulfilling? And that, that's what it was for me. And that's what, you know, when it ended up making the decision, I mean, it, yes, it was hard, but then afterwards, like I, I never regret, I never second guessed and never regretted it because, because it is, and it, and it is hard work. And I've, I've never worked so hard in my entire life. I have, and you can ask my husband, I have never worked so hard in my entire life, but it's so worth it just to be able to create, you know, the vision I have in my head, just like coming to life and being able to grow with it and, and grow and evolve as a human. Cause I think that's the other part of it. It's, it's this constant growth and evolution as a human being. That's also part of the journey. So I'm going to also, I know we're, we're getting toward the end and I also want to be able to have you give the opportunity to put all your information out there and say everything. But as we come to the end, let me ask you this too physical fitness, when you say the stresses, because I'm with you, I have this company, there's a problem, a fire every day I've got to put out every, there's not one day that goes by that there's not an issue. Now, obviously some issues are bigger than others, but you know, what I feel at its core though, if I don't take care of my physical fitness, nothing else can be healthy. My marriage, my relationship with my kids, at its core, you talk about core and what our core kind of values and what I think I have as a core value as a person, what running every morning and what working on my physical fitness. And I believe if your physical fitness is not taken care of, I feel like everything else can rot as well, yeah. if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel that way? And also, is that where you're like, is 
for me, running is that happy place. When you were doing Pilates, and forgive me again, we didn't talk about the sessions, but let's just say it's, are they one hour sessions? Yeah, typically. Mm -hmm. What? So is that one hour hopes like happy place? Like for me, running is that, right? Mm -hmm. When you're doing Pilates, I think also this probably helped make the decision for you. We talk about that. Is the one hour Pilates session that maybe you're doing or one that you're instructing, is that your just happy place that kind of centers you and then it puts you in a better mood for your family, your coworkers, all that stuff. Yeah, am I, am yeah. I wrong? No, no. Yeah, no, you're spot on. I think, you know, I mentioned before that I grew up dancing and that's, for me, that was always what dancing was. And, and I still, we, we have dance cardio at my studio. And so that's kind of still get my, my dance outlet, but it's the movement. I think movement, I think like intentional movement and purposeful movement, which for me is Pilates and dance. That's really mm-hmm. is like, that is my happy place. And that is like, I feel like I'm able to bring my creativity to life and able to like live out my mm-hmm. creativity and it, yeah, it totally is. It's what makes me feel like me. And you know, it just extra bonus that I get to get paid to work out. <laughs> no, no, I learned a lot today and I'm going to definitely look into it and maybe see if there's, I know a lot of studios around here offer like, you know, the trial yeah. sessions for free and things like that, but let's, let's talk about, let's close it out with your information. I know you're also a nutritionist. I'm going to put your bio and everything in our bio when we publish this podcast in a couple of weeks here. But before I do that, you know, I know you also dabble in being a nutritionist and helping people with along with your studio. Has Zoom helped that a little bit? Are you able to take on clients yeah. kind of where, wherever? Yeah, and- yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, like I mentioned before, I, I had kind of started doing my nutrition stuff when I was, when I started my studio and it was kind of just support the ladies, my members. And I think, I had kind of started going the, like the online route and COVID really kind of pushed me into that. When COVID started, I'm like, okay, this is my sign. Like I need to like build my online business. And so that kind of drove me to kind of building my online presence and just really start kind of expanding in that direction. So yeah, it's been, it's, I mean, like right now I have a client in Germany, I have one in Alaska. Like it's, it's been, it's been wow. really cool to be able to connect with different people and help anybody, you know? So with that, and as we close this up, you know, and, and again, I appreciate your time. I know you got to get going. Where can people find you? Where can people reach you? Uh, we will put this, by the way, guys, in the bios. Um, and Hope, please email me everything so yeah. I can put that in the bio. Yeah. Instagram, website, and mm-hmm. if you don't, if you email, how can people re- reach Hope? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm probably most active on Instagram. It's at the, T-H-E, the Hope Pedraza. And then I do have a free Facebook group. It's Live Wholesome and Healthy, and it's all holistic nutrition and holistic living. We talk about plant-based nutrition and all things just wellness. So that's the best way to really get connected and get um, lots of cool free information, training, and coaching. And yeah. That's awesome. No, you've done a great thing, built a great community and, you know, a a woman business owner that's, uh, you know, again, father of two, as a father, as an entrepreneur, father of two daughters, um, I like, I'm going to ask my 14 year old, maybe to to for sure listen to this episode because, you know, I want her to know it's not, you know, you know, you don't, I'm not going to lie. Well, I like sometimes my wife staying home and cooking. I'm I'm a little old school in that regard, (laughs) but I like my children to know like uh, that's an option, but if if it's got to be one you pick, right? I I know stay at home moms that work, work their butts. My mom did for sure. But I love hearing stories like yours where you said, look, and and you took control of it. So uh, I'm inspired by you, Hope. Thank Thank you you so much for being on our show. And and I'm sure our listeners will be. And and I can't wait for this episode to air in a couple of weeks. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. All right, guys. And until next time, um, as you guys know, today 
we decided real quick today, we decided we're going to have about three or four podcasts a week. We're really getting a lot of great guests. Hope was one of them. So really, again, thank you guys for helping this show grow. And I look forward to interviewing and continuing to provide this platform. And please email me. You guys have all my information, any ideas, anyone you think we should have on the show. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. All right. Thank you so much, Hope. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.